Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This is Daniel Markin. And on today's show, we are welcoming back uh, Marina Hoffman. And she's been on the program before. You might remember we spent a lot of time talking about women in the Bible. And in today's episode, we're going to be doing that again, looking at Mary in particular, because it is the Christmas season. So looking at the story of Mary and uh, what we can learn from her in regards to following the Lord and, and being willing to be used by God. You know, it's a, an intricate and important piece of the Christmas story. And so we hope you find this episode helpful. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Daniel Markin, and I'm happy to be back on the program with you today uh, with my friend Marina Hoffman. Marina, good to have you back on the program with us. Daniel, it's so great to be with you, and we talked last in the summer-fall time, so how nice to talk with you at the best time of the year. It's my favorite. It is the most wonderful time of the year, and it is Christmas, and so uh, we're kind of going to be spending some time, you know, bouncing around the Christmas story, talking a little bit about Mary, um, because I'm looking over corner, like over your back shoulder. Now our audience can't see this, but you have a book which says women in the Bible and it's a small group Bible study. And, uh, you know, you wrote this, we talked a little bit about this last, last time you were on the program, but I do want to sort of hone in and get some of your ideas, uh, about the Christmas story in particular about Mary, because she's a very significant woman in the Bible. She is central to our story of Christmas. And Daniel, we could really argue that without Mary, would we have the Christmas story as we know it? Legitimate question. Easy to say, oh, God would come to another woman. But would everything unfold as it did if Mary hadn't been such a willing instrument of God's blessing on earth? Exactly. And and with that, too, I mean, you begin to see like through as boring as the genealogies at the beginning of like of some of the gospels could be you actually get to see and tease out how how intricate god was in designing the the genealogies all to uh be born through mary so uh, out of the line of david and you know like it's it's a really amazing intricate story that god is weaving throughout history and he's even still weaving today uh but let's you know as we think about today let's look back a little bit um, but you know, before we even get talking about Mary, before we even get talking about, uh, the Christmas story, as we see it in the Bible, I want to ask you, what is your favorite Christmas album? You go first and then I'll go second. Well, Daniel, I don't really have a choice in my answer because my daughter makes me play Jingle Bells by Lauren Diego called on the album Behold almost every day of the year. So I feel compelled to, I must in her honor say my favorite Christmas album is Behold by Lauren Diego. There you go. And uh, you probably like know all those songs off by heart. And now like that, the, the challenging piece now that you have to fight off is feeling like you get a break from Christmas, right? Yes, exactly. But you know what? There, we have so many Christmas albums at our house that I just bring out several that I haven't heard. I think if I played all of them once, I would have more than I needed for the whole month of December. <laughs> So that, that's, a, that's a good good pick, Lauren Daigle. Uh, I'm going to hit you with an old one and a Canadian 
one that a lot of people might not be familiar with, but our generation might, uh, at least if you're if you're my age, if you're 27, you know, maybe early 30s, uh, late 20s. Uh, there's an album, a Christmas album by Bruce Coburn, who is a Canadian folk singer. And uh, you, you might know him from the guy who was uh, singing on the TV show Franklin. Oh, yes. Right? It's about this turtle. Hey, it's Franklin. Well, this guy does a, uh, he does a full Christmas album, and it's amazing. And he's a really good guitarist, and so it's, it's really quirky, really fun. The album doesn't take itself too seriously. It kind of sounds like a group of people in a room singing. And uh, that, that for me is like a, a total hidden gem when it comes to Christmas. You know, another hidden gem, since we're talking about Canadians, I should throw out Steve Bell because he from Winnipeg is well known in, the, in Western Canada and he has so many beautiful albums too. And Marina, you spent some time in Canada, correct? Yes, I was born and raised there. I only moved here six years ago. Okay. And, and when you say here, uh, you're now in the States well, Daniel, if I tell you that I'm living in South Florida, your <laughs> listeners will not be happy because I can imagine the weather today across Canada. Um, when we get some winds from the north, which is very uncommon, maybe once a month, and we freeze and it's really only, let's say, 78 degrees out, no no legitimate claim on being cold, right, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, I remember actually, yeah, it's now all, all sliding back into place. You're in Florida. You know, you're going to walk out right now and enjoy the sunshine, but... Um, you know, listen, we could talk about sunshine for a long time, but I want to talk about winter and Christmas. Although at the time in, in Jesus day, they would, they're in, you know, Nazareth, right? They're in the Middle East. So not a ton of, uh, maybe Christmas weather going on, but let's spend some time talking about, uh, Mary and, and her, you know, important role that she plays in, in the Bible, in the biblical story, because as Christians, we understand that God has been weaving a story uh, throughout all of history. From Genesis to Revelation, it's a story of God's, you know, intricate story moving all throughout these different people, men and women. And I think something close to your heart is a lot of times we tend to emphasize the stories of men and oftentimes, you know, minimize the stories of women. And that's a, a, a you know, a great uh, miscalculation. Well, it's, it grieves me that we do that. Because we actually, um, you know, if we look around at our population, there's more women than men. And so we would actually be wise to also learn from the women uh, and, and their stories and how that can actually influence not only women today, but also men and how, how they can think rightly about the story. That's so true, Daniel. And that's a great biblical perspective, because when you look at the Old Testament and the New, you see all these women who would otherwise be obscure because they didn't have authority. They didn't have positions in society and politics. And yet they had such incredible, self-sacrificial, all-in examples of faithfulness to God and to make it more powerful during a time where everyone else is in sin and immorality is flourishing. And so if Israel had only looked at the example of so many women, many of which are widows too, right? Kind of the bottom ring of society in terms of economic status. And yet Israel so often ignored their examples and got into trouble with it. So I love what you're saying. We also need to take a look at the women in the Bible. And I think we can relate to them far more sometimes because they're not the king of Egypt or sorry, the king of Israel or a great prophet. They're just ordinary people that we can connect to and relate to. And we have shared experiences. Mm -hmm. And I mean, deep down, 
we're ordinary people too, right? Like we just, there's nothing magnificent about us. I think, you know, my wife, Elise would say, yeah, you're pretty ordinary, right? Like there's, and because she knows me better than anyone else, she's no longer like impressed by things, you know? And, uh, I think it's a good place to be a, a humble place to be, to just recognize that we are ordinary, but yeah, we can look at some of these ordinary people who in, uh, significant moments do extraordinary things. And it questions us as to whether we would do the same. Yeah, and if we're going to talk about ordinary, look at Mary. Who was she before the story that we know? She was just a young woman with dreams for the future, with plans for the future. There's no possible way, Daniel, that she envisioned herself as the mother of God. That's impossible. So what happened to all her dreams and visions for the future in one moment when the angel comes to her and gives her a whole new calling and mission for her life? And how does this ordinary woman respond? Immediately accepts this call. To me, it is such a powerful example because Daniel, God is calling us too. And I think Mary makes me ask, can I have the willingness to immediately obey and then to spend my whole life following God in the same way that Mary did? And not only obeying, but the living with the consequences of obeying, right? For her, it meant actually giving birth to the the savior of the world and then having to watch him die. And it occurs to me that for many of us, there's going to be things God calls us to that might just be a season of life, but we also have to, like, there's going to be, you know, different choices that we make that now influence the future of our lives. And, you know, actions have consequences, whether for good or for bad. And we will have to, you know, sacrifice many things uh, when following the Lord. Yeah, and if we talk about Mary's commitment, as you say, it's all the way to the death of Christ. And then more so, she is a witness to the resurrection of Christ. And then Christ ascends. And I'm sure, Daniel, you will say, when Christ has left in human form Earth, Mary's task is finished. She's been successful. She followed God to the end. Except that's not the end of Mary's story. There's this beautiful reference to her we find in Acts. Here Mary is, finished her calling on God, and yet she is found in the upper room, waiting for the Holy Spirit, waiting to continue to bring God's mission of life and salvation to the rest of the world. So how incredible, I think, Daniel, she follows God and fulfills God's mission even above and beyond what the angel commanded. And again, as you say, the sacrifice and the lifelong commitment if we're going to walk in the calling of God in our life. Yeah, she exemplifies a life of humility. And she could have just turned around and said, no, nope, that was my son who just ascended to heaven. You know, worship me now. And she doesn't. She basically, she realizes who is the Christ. She, she, and she wants to be there and follow him to the end, you know. And that's got to be a weird thing too, that like, yes, it's her son, but also not her son. And, you know, we don't have time to get into it, but like, how much does it look like like her and, you know, maybe there's some features that she sees, but also he is the savior of the world. And, and to have to release that too would be, you know, so unique. I, I want to spend a little bit of time here. Let's read through the passage. I'm looking at Luke chapter one, verse 26. And, you know, I think it'd be helpful to, you know, since it's Christmas, let's read through it. Let's talk through it. But then if anything jumps to your mind, uh, I'd love for you to interject and just offer some commentary as we go. But I'm just looking here for everyone who is, you know, somewhat familiar with the story. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says, In the sixth month 
of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. I feel like, Daniel, we can already jump in and say all kinds of things. I love your opening words. Yeah. What's the first scene? Elizabeth's pregnancy. What do we know about Elizabeth's pregnancy? Miraculous and so much more. How amazing. And who is Elizabeth? Elizabeth is this woman. She is related to Mary, and she has an incredible story that reflects exactly what is about to happen to Mary. She, too, is given a promise for a child to her husband. Her husband doubts, and then he's silenced, but Elizabeth agrees, and would you believe in her old age, she bears an incredible child of promise who will be John the Baptist, who will prepare the way for the coming of Jesus Christ, prepare the hearts to accept the message of Jesus and to already begin the proclamation that salvation has come. So here, God has not left Mary to experience everything alone or to wonder if God is doing something that's never been done before. She can look to her own relative and realize God can do the miraculous. What a faith building. And Daniel, how incredible that this is the way God works. He doesn't throw suffering and trials at us, but he prepares the way before even a trial comes before he even gives us a calling and we can lean in and say, God, what are you doing around me? How are you preparing my life? And who also can I find support in Daniel? Another huge theme, right in the middle of isolation and, you know, forces that would try to separate us instead having the mindset to be around those who God has done miraculous things and who is called and who can be a source of spiritual encouragement to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we see this angel shows up, Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, which was kind of a backwater town, right? We're talking like suburbs, sort of small town, uh, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, the descend a descendant of David. The virgin's name, and that David is King David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Yeah, as you say, it's such a dichotomy because we have Nazareth, the middle of nowhere, a small town. No one expects someone great to emerge from it. And yet we also see signs of greatness right here, the spectacular, a virgin. And we know the story, um, an angel coming to her, speaking to her these beautiful words, the call out to King David. So again, a reminder how in our own lives, we can be living the ordinary that we were talking about earlier. And yet all around us, God is doing the wonderful. And sometimes maybe, Daniel, we just have to open our eyes a little bit more or even pray and say, God, where are you at work all around me? Encourage me today and help me to see your hand working and help me then to have the courage to enter in and join what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter where, where you're from. It could be big city, small town. The Lord will use you and uh, be open to that. So this angel appears to Mary. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And uh, what I love with this too is every time you see angels appear in scripture over and over and over and over again, <laughs> it's always, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And it's it's just very kind of a, you know, this, the scene tickles me because it, you're constantly, I mean, how would you react? You just see this miraculous person in front of you 
and uh, and it's like, don't be afraid of my my appearance right now, or that you're seeing an angel. It's like, yes, you yeah, are. Exactly. Or don't be afraid because I'm about to say something that's gonna like totally throw you for a loop. Um, you know, it's it's a funny. It'd be a funny situation for everyone to to be in. Yeah, and I love also. Look at the next few words you read. You have found favor with God. At this point, as we just read, she's a virgin. How incredible that Mary is favored and blessed by God and has a powerful calling on her life before even she's experienced the miraculous. And again, I think the connection to us is so strong. And Daniel, I think so many people would say, oh, no, I'm not favored, not blessed. No, we are favored and blessed in Christ. And just like the promise to Mary, God is with us. You know, again, beautiful themes of Christmas. We say Emmanuel, God with us. And that's in the highs and the lows, isn't it? To know, to have faith that God is working mightily. God is calling. God is blessing even when we can't see it. And it hasn't happened yet. But to have the eyes of faith like Mary did. Absolutely. And... um you know, I, I love this piece here too, that he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And you just, I get this <laughs> this feeling that like Mary's probably able to connect this to what she learned as a little girl, right? I've heard the stories. And what it sounds like you're saying is that this is gonna be the Messiah. But it's funny because her response right away is, oh, well, how will this be? Uh, and she says, uh, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, yeah, so many people condemn Mary and say, oh, you know, the first thing she does is doubt, she doesn't have faith. I do not see that at all. I see this statement as incredible faith. She believes it can happen. What's her only doubt, Daniel? Does she doubt God? Does she doubt the angel? No, her only doubt is herself. My body, I physically am a virgin. So how can you do it with the limitation of my humanity? But that's it. Apart from her own self-doubt, she has she does not express any doubt in the mighty ability of God to do this. And again, if we picture the time where people have been longing for God to work, and it seems God is not at work because the Romans are in charge, and there's a type of enslavement that they are in. Talk about government control, right? This is the time right here. So calling out, waiting for God to act. And Mary has no doubt that God can and will act. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I mean, the people, um, Mary's people, would have all been praying to God for relief from the government, they, from relief from Roman oppression. Like they, that's probably one of the things they would have been praying for. God, would you uh, topple the Roman oppression so that we could now be living as free people? And this also in contrast is what the, a lot of people were expecting the Messiah to do, was to be the one who would ultimately destroy the Roman government, lead an uprising. And uh, as we know, looking, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. we know that Christ came not to uh, defeat the enemy of Rome, but to defeat the true enemy, who was Satan, and who holds, you know, like, to defeat sin and death. And so, uh, it's interesting, but like, this this moment of, of, of Mary now putting all this together, I like that, that piece there about her human limitation, because I think each one of us feel doubts when God calls us into something. And uh, we want to be used by him. We doubt ourselves, but it's just again and again and again to encourage everyone. You just see God using total disasters and wrecks of people all throughout scripture to accomplish his purposes. If he can do it for them, he can do it with you as well. That's so true, Daniel. And if we're going to talk about being strong, then what does the New Testament say? We are strongest when we are actually weak because it is in our 
human weakness that God's power is made grand and God is glorified and the power that raised Christ from the dead is on full display when we ourselves are near dead. So how amazing that we can trust in the Lord, read the promises, be encouraged and feel strong some days. And on those days that we are not feeling so strong and maybe we're forgetting to walk in the promises of God, it might be that we're even stronger because then we go in God's strength. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's something amazing about being able to uh, go to the Lord and just leave everything at his feet. One of the things that we can do is when we're feeling weak, we just go to him and and leave everything down at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, you take it. And that's the place ultimately he wants us to be is like he he might bring things upon us that are difficult in order that he might then cause us to to have to cling to him in a tighter, closer way uh, to prepare us for what's going to happen. So I'll continue here. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month uh, for no word from God will ever fail. So much there, Daniel, isn't there? Isn't it incredible that this miracle happens because of the Holy Spirit? And as we all know, all of your listeners today, it is the same Holy Spirit that is at work within us today. So what a what a fact to hold on to. You know, if we want to expand our world and say, and start praying with increasing faith, I think this is a verse right here. The words of the angel to us as well. The Holy Spirit is upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Imagine our lives, Daniel, if we could live every day in that reality, remembering that the Holy Spirit is upon us, is with us. It is making everything possible. And God's call on our life and God's mission for our life will be accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. What God did for Mary is the same power that is at work in what God wants to do in our own lives. And even if we doubted, Daniel, look at verse 37. That was beautiful. For no word from God will ever fail. Again, another promise of God to hold on to, to live every day by. Mm -hmm. And then I love this line here in verse 38. And this is where we'll kind of close off the story here. Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And I love that. She basically says, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm yours. Do what you need to do. And and then Angel leaves. And uh, it's this amazing moment where she accepts it in that moment and is like, you know what? I've 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 said I'm gonna be your servant. This is now my time to be your servant. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what are the implications of this servant heart of Mary and her humility and her obedience? Really, it's extended to all of humanity. And I love the reminder that we so often have when we look at the women in the Bible, is that their legacy and what they accomplished in almost every case goes generations beyond what they saw themselves. And I think that's an encouragement, again, that we need to live in day by day, whether we have kids or one day in the future have kids, whether it's care for our parents, whether it's care and love for our friends, our spouse, whoever the people are that are in our inner circle in life. If we can be humble and obedient, and follow God's call, what kind of legacy are we leaving for them and the generations to come? And again, we'll never know, right? It's a We have to walk by faith and trust that if we are obedient, we can have such an effect that will go vastly beyond our own life. And again, how is it possible? 
power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, Marina, as you know, as we're kind of thinking here, just for some application, what kind of words would, could you give us to encourage young adults right now, especially as we think about Christmas? Because at Christmas time, we have themes of hope, we have themes of joy. Uh, you know, it's really exciting. But uh, as we continue going forward as Christians, what kind of hope do you have for us as young adults? Because it's been a tough year. What, 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 what do you think? Why don't we pull the last words of encouragement from Mary herself? If we fast forward a bit in the Gospel of Luke, we see Mary saying, The mighty one has done great things for me. His mercy extends to those who fear him. And I think that for me is a reminder, no matter where we're at and what we've been through and what our future holds, God is weaving through us a mighty story and we have a testimony. And just like Mary, can we stand up and say, the mighty one has done great things for me. The mighty one can do great things in your life because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Holy Spirit at work within Mary and so many other people throughout scripture, all the stories we know, that's the same Holy Spirit that has guided me and helped me, sometimes rescued me, strengthened me, set my feet upon a rock. And to be able to share our testimony with other with others is a powerful encouragement. And I think, Daniel, right now, this is what the world really needs, the reminder that God is present, that God is able, able to do great things. And his mercy does extend to us, whether we feel it or not. His mercy is with us every day. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, look, we're, we're running out of time here, but it just, you know, we could keep going, keep going. But uh, Marina, thank you for for being on the program and just again spending some time with us. Um, you know, if if we're struggling this Christmas season, I think it's important for us to remember uh, these words and, and to just remember that we're the Lord's servant and that he's with us in all of these times. Yeah, and Daniel, not only to take away the one-liners, and we've had so many of them, right? So many promises of God, but to also go deep into Scripture. Look how much you and I just chatting with God's Word. Look how much encouragement we've been able to pull out. And I trust that these words of truth will impact our audience today. But also, I would encourage them to dive deep yourself. Pick up a Bible study. Go deep into God's Word. Let it transform you, encourage you, and define your daily living. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks again, Marina. Uh, It's been a pleasure having you join us on the program. Thanks, Daniel. God bless. Well, thanks again, Marina, for being on the program. Um, Really impactful, really important, especially as we're thinking about Christmas right now and we're in the Christmas season. Um, You know, I, I always think it's important for us to slow down and like we did, look at a story and talk through the implications of it. And so if you found uh, this episode helpful, you actually want to get Marina's book. You can find that at womeninthebible.info. If you go to the website, womeninthebible.info, you'll be able to find her book and then figure out the best way that that book can get sent to you. Um, but highly recommend it, especially it's a really helpful book for Bible studies because it has the passage that you'll be looking at, but also has some notes and commentary that Marina has that can help with discussion. So hope you take advantage of that and find that book. With that, thank you for listening to In Doubt, and we look forward to seeing you next time. much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
InDoubt is a ministry that wants to engage people with the truth that comes from the Bible. InDoubt provides audio programs, articles, and blogs, all with the intention of building conversation with young people around timely matters of life, faith, and culture. To check out all the resources of InDoubt, visit indoubt.ca in Canada or indoubt.com in the U.S. If you're listening and you share a heart for the mission of InDoubt and want to engage with a new generation with the truth of the Bible, could you pray for us? And if you're able to do so, we ask that you send a financial gift to help support this ministry. You can find out more information about InDoubt and how to support us on our website, indoubt.ca in Canada and indoubt.com in the U.S. Thanks.